You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times, and today the topic is feature experimentation. I'm speaking with Lawrence Brumuller, the relatively new CTO of Optimizely. Uh, Lawrence, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me, David. Good. So uh, we were talking just before, and uh, so it's been now four months since you've been with Optimizely, and I know That's you- right had gotten a round of funding somewhere in around that same time frame. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the company strategy now, the direction, where you guys are looking to take things. Yeah, so um, actually, yeah, we got a round of funding last uh, summer. So that was our Series D. Uh, and yeah, it joined in February. So yeah, but it's been four months, definitely in the mix. Uh, so here's how I would, I would articulate our strategy going forward and where the company is. So it's a company that, that really built its initial success on making a b testing really really easy and it focused on the teams and companies that were you know the most amenable to doing quick experimentation typically on the marketing side or on the growth uh growth team side so quick experiments on you know e-commerce uh you know, platforms on you know home pages and it was done in a way to make it really really easy uh for a non-technical user and so the the entire optimizing solution was like see how easy it is, type in your website here, and it's just gonna be really easy. You don't have to be an engineer. And that was what really got the company uh, launched and you know, through Series B and C into you know, uh, to a really big success. But over time, what's happened is uh, you're mostly driven by, by customers. Um, that an easy non-technical product has also given birth to a technical product, which we call Optimizely Full Stack, which is for actual core product engineering teams to implement experiments in their code. Mm. And so there's advantages and disadvantages to doing that way. You know, you actually have to go into the code and, and kind of follow all your processes to get that stuff rolled out. But um, you can have much more fine-grained controls. You can do things like um, you do experiments with mobile applications. Any application, anywhere in your stack, you can do the power of experimentation as opposed mm. to more of a, a web-only view. So that's been a place for a couple of years now. So what's happening now, and one of the big motivations for me joining is a really a big doubling down on this uh, full stack strategy. We're just seeing that that is the direction that experimentation is going. It isn't that people don't want some of this easy, uh, very, very low friction web experimentation, but uh, you know, there's just more and more uh, awareness of experimentation and progressive delivery in, in engineering teams and in all companies, not just tech companies, but big retailers and everything. So there's a more desire to actually bake this more deeper into your your product engineering processes, and so we're um, you know really focused on on pushing uh, the roadmap on that side of our of our uh, portfolio. And then meanwhile, there is a, a space which you could call feature management or uh, progressive delivery, which is just really about having your features behind flags and managing phase rollouts from an engineering perspective. And we see those spaces as really converging. And we're really excited and we think that we can be the leader in actually ha having those spaces converge together and bring, again, the power of experimentation all the way down to uh, you know, very, very low level engineering changes and um, really mm -hmm. capture that market. So that's where we're going. Um, I'll pause there though. Great. No, I think um, feature flags are fairly well understood in the industry uh, now. I know a lot of organizations have been yep. using them and what have you. Uh, so when you talk about full stack, are you talking now, let's say if you're in a DevOps environment, you can actually experiment with things while they're in the pipeline, while they're in development, pri just prior to rollout. And then, of course, you can do the progressive rollout. So where does where does it all kind of fit in for, for a development team? 
Yeah, so by full stack, actually, we, you know, uh, more, most broadly put, it's just actually putting your experimentation logic into, into your code and not using our web functionality, which like uh, basically does a lot of JavaScript magic to make it mm -hmm. easy for you. So it's actually an engineer going in and using our SDKs to say, you know, over here in this part of the code, if this feature is enabled, then do this. If not, then do this. Right. And then it enables the power of everything else, which is includes which audience do I want to target for, you know, this feature to be on or off. Do I want 10% of that audience? Do I want 100%? Uh, how long do I, should I run this experiment before I know it's working? So it's kind of just taking experimentation and A-B testing, just kind of in the most simple version, sure. and making it usable no matter where you are. Um, so for example, initially when we had uh, optimizing web only, having a mobile experience get the same experimentation treatment, would it was very, very difficult. So it's just making it uh, at the level at which it applies to pretty much any use case. But then you mentioned feature flagging. And so where it connects with that is meanwhile, uh, in the software engineering world, feature flagging has become a really big thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I may have mentioned to you uh, before that, uh, you know, companies tend to build their own platforms uh, and, and say, hey, feature flagging doesn't sound that hard. I think I can just implement something in-house. And a couple of companies ago, I was at a company where we, we built our own feature flagging framework. It got very, very sophisticated and we were, we were really proud of this. You know, it started off with like some very simple controls Then we built on a UI, we built on some access control and we used it to do very sophisticated rollouts of our features. Um, and so what we were seeing there is, you know, uh, now that's such a widely understood need that you're seeing platforms uh, emerge to do the feature flagging. And if you're an engineer and you think about, or a product manager and you think about the difference between a flag for just a phase rollout and then actually A versus B on an experiment, it's really more of a, semant a semantic difference. It's not a huge difference. So actually having one tool to do both is what we feel, uh, feel the future is. So that's where kind of feature management and then full stack experimentation come together. Mm -hmm. Would you say that this is an extension of software testing or does it uh, kind of morph it a little bit where, you know, testing is okay, I've written a function, now let me test, make sure everything works, nothing breaks, what have you, where this is really testing in a different sense where you're testing a feature out in the world to see what the reaction is, what the response is, getting the feedback on it, then deciding what to do. Yeah, so I, I think that's a great question. I think it, it really depends on how broad your definition of testing is. I think if you have a very broad definition of testing, then you can kind of say this is all testing. But typically, when people hear testing, they think about quality and bugs. Right. Uh, like, okay, no bugs, no no major bugs, works as designed. Uh, we'll, we'll say thumbs up on that thing we just launched. But what that ignores, and I think it's what you're getting at, is whether this actually drove the right value to your users or your customer or your business that you actually wanted. And that's where, uh, you know, that's where A-B testing, especially starting off in these marketing growth organizations was focused. It's like, yes, we know this, we know this thing is launched. looks fine. That look, matches the design spec. Is that actually driving more conversions? Is that actually having our users stay here longer and get more value out of our, our, you know, site? Uh, is this actually increasing our bottom line and actually having, uh, you know, statistical significance tell you, tell you the answer where I think in previous world, it was more, um, you know, you'd have those designs be vetted by user groups kind of very early in the phase. And then you'd launch it and then you'd probably get anecdotal feedback um, trying to tell you that you launched, that you built the right thing that was better for users. And so um, from that perspective, I think it goes beyond what most people think of as testing. And that's yeah. why we just keep hitting the experimentation word. And we use, we use terms like 
I, mean, I use terms like, you know, do you, how do you know you really built the right thing? You built the thing right, meaning, you know, it was per the spec and it has, you know, it has zero bugs. Mm-hmm. How did you build the right thing? It's interesting because this uh, also seems to play into what we're hearing a lot in the industry about it's all about customer first and it's all about the the end user and making sure that they're having the best experience that they can have. Yes. And by being able to experiment with a feature, roll it out to a to a smaller cohort, let's say, of people and getting their feedback and what have you, really gives you a sense of whether or not that has happened as opposed to rolling the whole thing out, getting massive negative feedback, oh my goodness, rolling back, you know, apologizing, yes. having to take care of uh, damage control. Uh, yes. I think this this really goes a long way towards that uh, customer-facing, customer-centric uh, first philosophy that we're hearing more and more about in the industry. Absolutely. And so it's also around not fooling yourself into thinking you understand customer behavior better than you do. <laughs> and, you know, trying to, you know, write a lot of automation tests or do a lot of internal testing in your pre-production environment. And you think you nailed it. You think you talked to enough customers. You think you had enough beta customers. Give it a kick. And then you launch it widely and you get uh, a very different result, perhaps. So it's around um, kind of acknowledging that that is just, uh, you know, the only way you're going to know is by exposing it to real users. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have to do it. Um, you know, you don't have to suddenly expose 50% of your entire user base to something. You can define a small population. You could do it in one target market only. And mm-hmm. you could say, let's try 5%. Let's try 10%. Let's try 5% on A and, and 5% on B and, and leave the rest in control. Depending on your on your site and your traffic, you might still be able to get a very significant result in um, you know a matter of days. And so, mm. don't be afraid. Do that. Overcome the fear of putting things out there because you have these guardrails. Yes, absolutely. So one thing that I'm curious about is you know as the industry is developing and we have now tools for feature experimentation and. And we have the CICD pipelines and all that. It just seems that the number of tools that organizations need to solve all of their issues is just exploding. And people seem to also be moving away from the sense of, well, I don't want to be locked into one vendor. We like the tools that we have. So is it really just all about the APIs and the integrations to get all of these kind of tools and systems to work together so that people can deliver all the things that they need to deliver to make sure that that customer experience is fine. And, and how do they deal with that? I know one thing that developers hate is when we just say, hey, we, we have another new tool now that you have to watch and pay attention to. And, and uh, you know, it can be overwhelming. So, so what is yeah. your response to that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Because I think over, I've seen these, um, these kind of cycles of getting more best of breed uh, solutions and, have, and being okay with having more of them in your company. Okay. And then having these consolidation phases where you're like, wait, you know, it uh, looks like these are consolidating. We should pull these together. Um, even within the same narrow category, you might, uh, because these categories are, all, are always a little bit, there's gray areas, like, you know, analytics platform. Is that, yeah. you, know, you know, exactly who's in that category and who's saying they're in a little different category. So what you might have, especially in a larger organization, is completely on your radar, having a couple of these things uh, out there. You know, there's the existing tool you've had. There's another one out there that maybe has, uh, is pushing the envelope, but you want to try it out in a certain group. Mm-hmm. And then as those evolve, you might decide you need to consolidate. So I think that that's definitely the case where there's kind of waves uh, of expansion and consolidation. Mm-hmm. I think for this space, um, Again, I think that is why we are so compelled to have experimentation and feature management 
go together. And again, we need to bring them together in a, in a natural way that really works out for everybody, uh, which is why you know, it's not going to just be one skew anytime soon. It has to, you have to be able to, to, to you know, uh, try what you want, those limited use cases. And then if you're just into future management and then you're ready to graduate, if you will, to experimentation, then right. and, you know, we should be able to help you do that in a seamless way. But yeah. we do feel that uh, you know, if you are having your engineering team learn a set of tools that are really around kind of the same thing, going through code, this is A, this is B, this is on, this is off, that, uh, that is something that should be, we can kind of see that, that coming, that this should come together. So we're trying to get ahead of that. So are you now, is your approach uh, more of a bottom-up where you're trying to get the tools into the hands of developers? Uh, or are you going into organizations and saying you need this from an organizational perspective? Or because I know you also have the, you know, the the web tools and things like that that might be, yep. you know, outside the realm of development. So so how do you approach an organization? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, again, you get a little bit of the history of Optimizely, even though you know I wasn't here for the vast majority of that. <laughs> but is starting off with making it really easy just to try it out. And again, the, the, at the time that was for the non-technical uh, user. Um, but over time, um, the company has definitely had a big focus on a larger enterprise and great success there. Like the logos that we have, and um, I'm exec sponsor for a number of accounts now, is, is really, really amazing. And we had to build all of the large enterprise muscle um, from you know, uh, services to you know, better APIs, integrations, role-based access control, mm -hmm. security and compliance, all the things. Uh, and we've done, we've done that well. But I think as we go to more of a technical audience, um, there's also just a trend in the industry that, you know, the more technical audiences is, is even more relevant than they were before. As an engineer, I would like to think I, I was always very relevant, but I think mm -hmm. it's driving even more of the buying decisions than has ever happened before. So, and also I can speak to this as an engineer, you know, you just want to get your hands on the product. You want to look at the APIs. You want to do a lot of work before you jump on a sales call. Right. And so, uh, you know, we, the company needs to evolve in that direction and we're heavily doing that. There's more, uh, um, you know, functionality in our in our free rollouts product. So we had our we we launched Optimizely rollouts uh, uh, late last year, which is a free, completely free, a feature flagging solution. Uh, and then just recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, at our test and learn conference, we announced that we were adding experimentation to the free offering in a limited way. So giving you the, the ability to run one experiment at a time, which means as a engineer trying this out, you can get a taste of what that's like see the capabilities of Optimizely, and then decide if you want to go into a paid, a paid plan. And um, so that's really important to basically, to not gate critical functionality like experimentation and hide it only if you uh, go through a, a real sales process. Um, it also just means, you know, raising the game on developer docs, developer community. We now have a, a Slack community that we launched a few months ago that's, uh, you know, I think well over a thousand users now. So it's all those things that you you wouldn't do, have done, you wouldn't have paid as much attention to otherwise that are now really front and center for us. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. All right, so we're just about out of time, but uh, Lawrence, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining me here today and talking about feature experimentation and where Optimizely specifically is, is taking things. Thanks for your time and, and good luck to you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Take care.